Fellow Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. <laughs> and I'm Robin. Boo! Yay! Yay! Everyone would think that was the first time we did that. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm my biggest fan. Yay! <laughs> Deja vu. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and we have, uh, for starting Jessica Jones, we have the specialist of special guests with us this week for episode one of Jessica Jones. It's Heidi! Yay! Hey, hello! Yay! Thanks for joining us, Heidi. Yeah, I'm so glad I got an episode this time. Absolutely. I'm so happy you're on. Heidi is my favourite uh, uh, feedback person to read feedback for on the other podcast I'm on, Intro to X. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope the my others are You just threw some shade. I always read Heidi's email on Intro to X. It's, uh, like, my, it's like my duty. It's like it, Brad always reads John's emails. I always read Heidi's. And it's the only email that actually comes to your email inbox. So. Exactly. <laughs> Heidi's always comes through because I, you know, because it's the best. It, lo- it, 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 it doesn't mind that I still use Hotmail. <laughs> <laughs> Um, That's because I'm still using AOL. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So I should say, um, with some sadly alliteration, because I forgot, we have the hip and happening Heidi. There you go, Heidi. (laughs) I hope you like your alliterative name. Yeah. So I should uh, sort of check, because obviously um, the concept for our show, if anyone's just listened to Jessica Jones and never listened to us before, like when we covered Daredevil, I have watched all 13 episodes of Jessica Jones. I watched them on Friday. I started at 9 a.m. I finished at about 10 p.m. And I'm very, very tired. (laughs) It was an enjoyable experience. However, my co-hosts, Matt, Mel and Robin, have never seen an episode of Jessica Jones before. Actually, scratch that. Robin, Chuchi at Pumpkin Eater, has seen the first episode of Jessica Jones at Comic-Con. So this is the second time you've seen this, Robin. Cool. So this episode. I'm finally a newbie. Yay! <laughs> as much uh, as Twitter and Facebook don't want me to be a newbie, I'm finally yeah, a newbie. They're really trying like, to people. Yeah. Like a virgin. Hey! And I should say, Heidi, you are also a newbie for Jessica Jones. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I am. And I think I'm going to try and stay a newbie so that hey, I can Heidi. send feedback. You can do it. Stay strong, Heidi. <laughs> Don't give it to, to, to my evil Claire Purple Woman influence. <laughs> well, you know, with Daredevil, I only watched all of it because I was homesick and was Aww. like, okay, well, let's do the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. And they are they are really, really good to binge watch as well. Like, I, sorry to rub it in, guys. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> But I should say as well, Heidi, how much do you know about the character of Jessica Jones before you saw the show? Because obviously she's not a very well-known Marvel character, so did you... Absolutely nothing. Oh, okay. Cool. That's cool, cool. Um, I think, and obviously, as mentioned before, only Robin out of the newbies has read the Alias comic book series, which um, uh, Jessica Jones is based on. Um, And I should say the... Uh, the show, um, Jessica Jones, is primarily based on the fourth book in um, the Alias series. So that doesn't really tell you anything, Robin, but it's uh, it's definitely inspired oh, by that fourth book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so very. That kind of annoys me, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll see. 
Uh, yeah. do you? <laughs> I can get out my TEs again. Um, so just a little bit of news on sort of all things that are Marvel. Uh, Doctor Strange is still filming in Tibet, I think they're in at the moment, which is pretty cool. Um, not really any real other news at, at the moment. Uh, Jessica Jones has had good reviews this week from what I've read. A uh, few people don't like it because... They don't really know the characters, so they're more, you know, excited about Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Um, but generally, um, people have really enjoyed the show, which is great. And then the other bit of news, uh, I'm only saying because now it means I have to save up the money to buy these, is they are releasing four little Pop Funko figures from the Daredevil TV series. And I want them all, and I'm going to put them in my on my pillow and hug them at night. Because they're adorable. So they should be coming out sometime next year. They're going to do one of Matt's. Okay, look stupid. But they're so cute. <laughs> the one of the one of Matt is oh, super just, cute. I want, I want the one. Which figure did you want, Robin? Oh, I definitely want that uh, the Matt Murdock one with the red glasses. I, you know, it's just iconic from the poster. It looks so cool. I want the little Wilson Fisk as well, though, because it's so cute. Yeah. It looks like he's, uh, I don't know, he's playing with a pinky ring, maybe, or just like about to crack his knuckles or he's something. Cracking it is so cracking his knuckles. It's gonna be yeah. awesome. I'm, I'm gonna get all of them, obviously. But my big question, Marvel, is where is your little Funko Foggy? You can't have a Funko Matt and no Funko Foggy. They're like <laughs> the, the bromance right. of all bromances. Like, wh- what the hell? I'm really upset there is no Foggy. They'll just release an, uh, an avocado and call it Foggy. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I might have to get the, uh, just get an avocado and put it on the shelf with the Funko. <laughs> it's Foggy. Tie <laughs> um, yeah. a little necktie around it. Oh, so What good. about Funko the Owl? <laughs> well. My favorite maybe, one. Maybe, oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> but I'd want one that's actually like the Owl Owl, you know, flying and stuff. Oh, I just want a whiny old man. <laughs> <laughs> and there should also totally be a Funko Nobu, come on, because... Yeah. And a Funko Turk! Oh, my God! All oh, the Funkos! I just want all the Funkos. And a Funko Tiny Nurse and a Funko Swan as well from Episode 9. Absolutely. Okay. okay. How about a Funko guy with a spike through his head? Uh, yes, and a Funko me. Uh, <laughs> and a Funko you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... Let's crack on with episode one of Jessica Jones, guys. The episode was known as AKA Ladies Night. They all have AKA before the title, these, because the show was originally going to be called AKA Jessica Jones and then got shortened to Jessica Jones, which is cool. So this is AKA Ladies Night. So, first thing is we get the little Marvel logo, but then we go straight into the, the credits. Unlike Daredevil, we get no sort of pre credit scene. Um, which is pretty cool. What did you guys think of these credits and the theme music? The guitar solo was kind of ridiculous. It, it, had, some, it had some, like, middly guitar. <laughs> a little bit weird. Yeah, I thought it started off sounding a bit like the Dexter theme, and then it just got kind of gets rocking at the end. So yeah. I, I, I liked it. And I, I liked it. Yeah. I didn't like it. No? I liked it. It didn't match, it didn't match with the... Uh, the film noir kind of theme that they're, they're going for. It has a little so I think it should like be from at the end, though. It kind of goes, you know, the little film noir noise at the end. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. <laughs> I have to say that the Andy Warhols would do a theme song for it. Just, no. Yes. <laughs> I should say, after watching it 13 times in a row, I, uh, I did say to our listener, Rebecca, who I was messaging on Skype, is it wrong that, that every time now, it's from, probably from about episode five, every time that guitar solo kicked in, I was kind of miming along with it. 
I was like, <laughs> doing the guitar and the air <laughs> <laughs> guitaring along with it. I was. <laughs> but the the first time I heard the theme tune, I I really didn't like it. I was like, oh, I don't like this, and I didn't like the credits that much. But I they have actually really grown on me. I do really like them. I particularly like the bit towards the end where you get the close up of Jessica's eye and like the lashes blink. I love that. It's really cool. And the really fast paced bit with all the windows. Very cool. I remember seeing it at the the Comic Con, and I was I, I don't even think I remembered anything from it because I think the entire song was like this is this is happening this is happening right now oh my god there's gonna be so many it's gonna hump me down it's gonna take a spike in my head um so I just do it myself after I come out I'm like I might as well. <laughs> it's gonna be like yeah like John Healy from Daredevil he's gonna be like you don't know you don't watch the first episode of Jessica Jones without telling Claire she's gonna find me <laughs> she's heading to Spike <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's a warning for all you newbies out there Heidi <laughs> <laughs> so we she'll know even if I never tell her she'll I'll, know I know I know all <laughs> I'm, Orbital I'm, strike incoming from Claire. <laughs> I'm in deep with S.H.I.E.L.D., guys. Come on. <laughs> I'm up in Defender's Tower watching you all. So we start off with a very, um, with the sort of noir feel voiceover from Jessica about her job and how it's looking for the worst in people and she excels at that. And we get noir saxophone <laughs> first oh, appearance yeah. in the background, which I love because it's just like... Yeah. I love it. What did we all think of the V.O.? Yeah, what did you guys think? Oh, we got some VO haters on the cast. I forgot about this. <laughs> Go ahead. I didn't mind it. I, I always prefer it without voiceover um, because I think voiceover uh, should be used sparingly in things. But I do think it fitted the, the noir feel and it fits exactly. the character. But, for instance, I wouldn't have liked it in something like Daredevil. I like that it's used sparingly here. It's not all the way through. That would have really irritated me really quickly. Um, what about you guys? I, yeah, I, I was okay with it since, it, yeah, it's, uh, it is the staple uh, feature that you do when you have a detective story. <laughs> but yeah. but uh, what did you think of it, Mel? I know you had a... I had an issue with it where... Uh, I couldn't, I didn't buy the fact that she's like this grizzled private investigator. Like, you know, that's what you expect to hear when it's a film noir VO. And she's just this young girl, you know, it just sounded weird. She's trying to be like, you know, uh, worn and tired, and but I didn't buy it. She was too peppy? Uh, no, not too peppy. <laughs> I, just, I, couldn't buy, I couldn't buy that she was this grizzled veteran, because that's what you usually hear in a film noir, it's just mm-hmm. this... You know, and this just wasn't that. So I just would you say it, now, it was subverted your expectations? It didn't fit, I guess. Okay. I think it, I, I think you know she's been through some shit. So I she think she has, but yeah. she's still young. So I, I don't just know. hate young people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what it is, have you yeah? have you ever seen Veronica Mars, Mel? Yeah. No. No. Because nope. I know, like, like I've watched it. Robin's watched it. Heidi, you've watched it, haven't you? I think maybe that's that's why I didn't have a problem with it coming from her because in Veronica Mars, which is again the kind of has a very noir feel, and she literally is like a, a schoolgirl in that doing the voiceover. Mm-hmm. Although the voiceover was kind of one of my least favorite aspects from that, but she's like super young. Whereas uh, with Jessica, at least she's sort of closer to thirty than 
15, you know? I'm going to tell you right now, the voiceover <laughs> is my biggest complaint about okay. this episode. Everything else was fine for me. Oh, cool. Spoilers. Spoilers. Well, let's just end the episode now. <laughs> every every time there's a voiceover, I'm going to write my notes. Oh no, Mel's Mel's going angry right now. Mel's gonna hold. <laughs> <laughs> like this gonna happen? Shut up! Shut up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, while we're while we're talking about you know her, how this actress fits this character and you know how young she is and how she, I just. I really uh, was worried about this particular actress because I've always seen her in, like, you know, peppy stuff, uh, stuff where she's kind of, you know, a goofball. I mean, I've seen her in a couple of dark turns, you know. They have vamps. (laughs) But, like, Don't Drugs the Bee and, you know, other stuff. Um, And, uh, yeah, I was worried that she wouldn't be able to do this role, but I I think it fits her really well, Mm. you know? Yeah, I thought that she did a great job, and I've never seen her in anything other than Veronica Mars and Gilmore Girls. And she's, you know, very much like the yeah. D character in both of those. Mm-hmm. And I thought she did an amazing job. I, I think she's the, the um, again, not getting into spoilers, I think she's the standout performance in the series for me. I think um, we have very strong performances from a lot of the actors. Um, David Tennant as well, uh, who I'm a fan of anyway, but David Tennant... Um, without going spoilers, doesn't really surprise me because he is a very versatile, talented actor. But I, I like you were saying, I wasn't sure about uh, Kristen Ritter's range. So for me, she was the most impressive. David Tennant's in the show. I know. What? <laughs> yeah. I, what are you I, talking I, about? Why do you think we watched that vampire film a few weeks ago, Robin? <laughs> But Colin Farrell. you wanted to see an awful remake. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I should have known that uh, I wouldn't get to see him in the first episode, just, you know, based on Daredevil and <laughs> Wilson Fisk finally showed up, I don't know, episode five or something. Yeah. But I felt cheated. I was like, what? This is the episode I'm talking about? There's no David Tennant? <laughs> well, Heidi, I'm just going to warn you, he doesn't appear until episode ten. Yeah. yeah, I figured. Yeah. yeah, when's Jessica gonna put on her on her suit? Um, that's uh, that's episode thirteen, just like you And you cannot believe a thing I say from this point onwards. <laughs> Get on it, the gladiator! Come on. So, everything I say is a lie. In everything fact, I'm I say. Lying right now. I'm lying about lying. <laughs> so the first um, kind of real introduction to Jessica we get, which is a great introduction, is we're outside Alias Investigations and Jessica's arguing with the man because she's taken photos of his wife cheating. And then uh, they argue about the bill and she throws him through the glass. And this is an exact reference to um, Alias Issue 1. It's the way the character's introduced in Issue 1, right down to the... Um, the line about the bill as well, which is one of Jessica's first lines. Although the first line in the whole of Alias is actually the F-bomb, but they didn't do that on Netflix. That's right, yeah. Yeah, but this is the exact, almost shot for shot of her throwing the guy through the door. So that was a pretty cool entrance for Ms. Jones. Uh, we cut to Jessica is walking in the streets, and we see a bus ad for Trish Talk on the side of a bus. Um, and then we go to the law office of Hogarth, Chow, and Benowitz, LLP, and we meet uh, Jaren Hogarth, played by Carrie-Anne Moss, and Pam, who is Miss Hogarth's secretary, who's the, the blonde lady who's like, oh, do you have an appointment? 
No. Oh, I thought but, the lawyer was named Claire Underwood. And she was yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, like and Robin, I know happened. you you had something in mind to do with this, this first episode, Robin, which yeah. was that that Jaren, played by Carrie Moss, was sleeping with Trish. Was that correct? Yeah. Even in the, even after my first viewing, I was like... I, I, I had that in my notes. Then I watched it the second time. I was like, "Wait a second, that makes no sense at all." Uh, yeah, because yeah, I was beautiful like, "Beautiful blonde eh? people in this episode." You're just so blonde I a, blind, I, Robin. I'm blonde blind. <laughs> I am too, Robin. Don't worry about it. Thank you. There was there was three blondes. I thought there's only two. <laughs> they all look alike. Who's the first? No, there were three. There was Hope. They're just Trish. Oh, Hope. And there's Hope as well, yeah. That's true. Who's Hope? She's the the girl who's been kidnapped, Matt. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess. But she's, like, easy to spot because she's about 12, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, Carrie-Anne Moss. Carrie-Anne Moss looks, like, like awesome in this in this show like she just looks like Claire Underwood you have seen House of Cards right Claire no because I hate Kevin Spacey terrifies me almost as much as Jeff Goldblum so I will not watch it have you seen any images of Claire Underwood no Okay. Oh my gosh, she looks exactly I'm like going her, to say down you. to the haircut. Okay, I will, I will she, have a look. It's, the only difference is that she's a brunette instead of a blonde. She even moves like her. Yeah. I wonder if that's they did that as like a little homage to House of Cards. I, I get I'm thinking. Yeah, like through Netflix? I don't know, that'd be weird. Maybe. Although that's we will, uh, I've, got, I've got more details on this character, so we'll get to those when I maybe give you some Easter eggs, depending on how well you guys behave yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm mean. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jessica, we find out that Jessica excels at jobs that no one else can do for, for Jaren, but um, gets a lot of complaints uh, made about her due to her methods. Um, and Jaren now needs a summons served to Gregory Spheres. Um One cool detail about this scene is we can see the Empire State Building in the background, which is awesome. Um, and then we find out that Jaren is uh, not the, the nicest lawyer. I don't think Matt and Foggy would get on with her because she is basically uh, representing against the um, the poor girl who, like, fell off a, a pole that became dislodged and now has brain damage. So it's like, oh, okay. Wait, Sorry, I laughed at first when she said, the pole dancer fell off the pole. I was like, hey. Yeah, and then she's, she's like, she's brain, brain damaged. damaged. <laughs> I know. And then I was like, oh, oh that's not funny anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I totally misunderstand, like, this scene here? What do you mean? For one thing, I thought he was talking about a male dancer. No. A male stripper. <laughs> no. Um, really? Gregory Spurs is the, the guy who um, owns the club, I believe. No, I know that, but I thought it was a male stripper. No, it's a female that. stripper, and she fell off the pole, came loose, and she fell, and she hit her head and um, got and, a, a, and, a concussion and brain damage. And they're representing the stripper because she said that other parties are interested in acquiring Spheres' building, which is a note that I made because I was like, hmm, I wonder what other parties we're talking about here. No, uh, Hogarth, Hogarth is going against the stripper. She's representing, um, I can't remember who she's representing. And why is she serving the, the, the strip club owner? I don't know. I don't know. understand law. You know this. I'm right. Yeah, devil. <laughs> Okay, you're right, Robin. There you go. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so then uh, Jess um, call, does a phone call as Karen Accord while on the toilet. 
And this was great. This was her kind of playing her usual ditzy role, which we sort of discussed before. And she's like, I'm Karen, Karen Accord. I was like, I was laughing so hard. It's great. Um, she's doing some classic Veronica Mars tricks right here. Yeah, she yeah. is. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, viewers, if you are, or listeners, if you're tired of hearing any comparisons to Veronica Mars, I'll try to get them out in this episode, so I'll stop <laughs> saying it. What was funny about that? Hello? About what? About what? About, uh, about the fake name she used. No, it was, I mean, it wasn't the name in particular. It was just her, just the way she was doing this real ditzy, ditzy role. I just found really amusing while sitting on the toilet. But I oh, think with the name, she found it on like a website or something that was uh, aligned with this, this business she was ringing so that the girl would recognize the name. Um, she has this thing where she brings up a bunch of images on her computer that yeah. somehow link everything together. Don't don't think about it too much, I think. Yeah, I think it was just like a name that um but I just love the ditzy the ditzy way she delivers her lines. It's just yeah. really funny. And then like the way she just like completely pulls a face when she uh um puts the phone down. It was just like that. Um and she's out of toilet paper. We've all been there. I thought yeah, I thought it was weird that she was pooping on the job. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, a little bit economical, I guess, so you're trying to save some time. She's very industrious. She's like Bobby Briggs from Twin Peaks now. Yes, he right. probably poops while he's doing his homework. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jess has a drink and heads to bed, but she can't sleep, so then she leaves with a camera and her little flask of bourbon, as you do. And I did make a note here that, um, you know, if we wanted to uh, try and follow Jessica drink per drink on this, um, oh. on this, we would be dead in about <laughs> an episode. I can't deal with whiskey. Mm, no. Oh, I love whiskey, as, as oh. Dan Mel know from our Carnicast days, but uh, I unfortunately can't drink it anymore. I don't think I could match Jessica either, though, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so um, she goes to a, she's across from a bar, we get more voiceover, and then Jessica jumps up onto the fire exit, and it's like the first time we really see, apart from her throwing the guy through the window, as or what her powers are. So what did you guys think of this? She's not really flying, but she's kind of like, you know, jumping up really hard. You actually... You actually brought that up, Matt, that you couldn't remember if she was she was had the ability to fly or not. Yeah, I could have sworn I've seen a cover of her flying through New York City, but maybe I'm wrong. Like uh, a comic book of her I, in her white costume. I'm not going to say anything. Or maybe that maybe she was actually plummeting in that picture. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she was going, oh, yeah, she she's not like flying, that. it's falling <laughs> with style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I caught it immediately, but it was funny. I looked. I was watching it with my wife, who never had, has no knowledge at all. She's like the perfect newbie, and uh, I mean, she knows other things, like you know, stuff not related to comic books, but uh, nothing about Jessica Jones. And <laughs> she's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, "Did you catch that?" She's like, "Did she just jump up like <laughs> five stories?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's what she does." Um, Why is she watching this building, by the way? Uh, well, because she's kind of watching the bar, and then she sort of is, you know, there's nothing going on in the bar, so she starts watching the windows, and we see um, an overweight uh, woman who's working out and then eating a burger, um, which Jessica doesn't approve of. And also, uh, even even worse, a man sniffing some shoes, <laughs> which I was like, mm. <laughs> And I was yeah, like, is that I, uh, woman's shoes, or is it, like, ooh, it's just creepy and gross. <laughs> Maybe it was the same woman, yeah. Maybe. Were you going to say sorry. hi? sorry. Okay, That's okay. I know so little about Jessica Jones that I had no clue uh, that she had powers. I mean, you know, oh. being a Marvel thing, I figured there was something, but I didn't know anything, so. 
Um, I another quick insight on me and my wife watching like that everybody's totally interested. Um, but uh, we're wa- she's watching the building and it goes on the window where the girl is eating is running on the treadmill for two minutes and she gets off and hits a gigantic burger and my wife my wife was like I know how that's like and then it goes to the window where the guy's like sniffing the shoe and his wife comes in and I was like yeah I know what that's like. <laughs> wiki feet, yeah. Robin. Wiki feet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was the only logical response you could have had in that movie. <laughs> um, so then uh, Jessica watches the bar again, and we see a man and woman leave, and Jessica photographs them. Uh, they both uh, enter his the man's apartment, and he stands at the window, and we get our first look at Mike Coulter, a.k.a. Luke Cage. Hey, that wasn't explicitly stated. Spoilers. Oh, I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to say it anyway. This is our first look at Luke Cage, who will have a series of his own next year. Yeah, that was pretty apparent when he was standing there in the black t- or the black jeans and the yellow t-shirt. <laughs> you said black t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> black t-shirt. I wish he was standing in the black t-shirt. And he oh looks very was... sad at the window until yeah. the woman kind of approaches him. And, yeah. Why wasn't he wearing a, a, a t-shirt that had a tiara on it? Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, as I said, Luke Cage is filming under codename Tiara, so I'm hoping we get a reference to a Tiara in Luke Cage's series next year. Because if we don't, I'm going to go and storm Marvel HQ. Man, if we had a time had time to do like a bonus episode in between every episode, I would tell us to watch uh, Rear Window because this is very Rear Window, <laughs> and also it's an awesome movie. Because it's like everything interesting happens in front of windows with the shades completely pulled up, like nobody cares <laughs> to be whether they're being seen or not. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm podcasting in front of the window right now, waving at all my neighbors. <laughs> Everyone. And I'm naked. No, anyway. So, uh, <laughs> so Jess gets a, a kind of quick flashback where we, we get this a few times in the episode. The light turns purple and we hear a voice say, you want to do it. You know you do. And then Jessica panics and repeats to herself, Main Street, Birch Street, Higgins Drive, Colbert Lane. Which was odd at first. What does she want to do? Why is she watching this bar? I wanted, yeah, I wanted, I wanted the purple man to sound like the emperor from Star Wars, (laughs) just so so he could be like, "Do it." (laughs) Oh, you young Padawan, (laughs) the false strong (laughs) dude. Good. 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 <laughs> 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 well, when David Tennant appears in episode ten, he is wearing like a head-to-toe cloak, and he yes. has uh, force lightning powers. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so the man and the woman, uh, Luke and unnamed woman, uh, hook up, and Jessica drinks. Um, in the next scene, she wakes up and she can hear arguing coming from the apartment above her. So she lobs a shoe at the ceiling and. <laughs> <laughs> makes, a, makes a massive dent in the ceiling and uh, hey, stuff. speaking of drinking is there is there like any Jessica Jones drinking games that, that could be that people could do like does she do a lot of does she do something a lot what for the show you take a drink yeah drink. you can take uh, you can take a drink every time what? she does it in the comics she swears and smokes yeah. and and drinks so you could <laughs> you could do a a drink and a cigarette and a swear for every time she does but although I'm going to point out she doesn't smoke in the show that's not a spoiler nobody smokes <gasps> on television anymore uh, apart from the nobody's cool yeah <laughs> everyone vapes now Ugh. Um, but uh, we, I, I will look, in, I will look into a Jessica Jones drinking game for you if you like. All right, sure. For the series, but I don't, I don't know. There might be ones yeah, where you you drink every time something's said, maybe. Anytime, anytime she engages in a vice. 
Yes, anytime she engages in the vice, anytime uh, she has a flashback, maybe. Like a purple Ooh. flashback. There you go. Oh, yeah, I guess anytime you see purple, you could drink. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, she gets up, she checks her phone, but it isn't charged, and then she hears a noise in her kitchen. And we meet another new character, Malcolm Drake, who's looking oh, through I'd her fridge. I've written, he has the fluffiest hair ever. <laughs> he does. I just want to put my hands in his hair. I'm like, oh. And this is Ika or Aka Darville who plays him, and he was the red the Red Ranger in Power Rangers or one of the Power Rangers, I think. Power Rangers RPM, get in here! I, I don't remember that I, one. That is. I had to do an episode of it because on the Eyes on the podcast because uh, Rose McIver's in that. She's oh. The- <laughs> oh, cool. Um, and he is completely out of it and realizes he's in Jessica's apartment, not his own, because the peanut butter in the fridge is not crunchy. It's gross. Mm-hmm. He's eating it. His arm is like covered in needle marks. Tracked, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he looks a mess. How do they know each other? Um, I'm not saying. Why do you ask me questions? (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering if he's the uh, the show version of a different character in the comics, but I don't want to ask. Well, I I I'm going to say don't don't count your Easter eggs before they've been made. They don't hatch, obviously. Before they've hatched into little chocolate Before they've been painted? Yeah, before they've been painted. Don't count your Easter eggs before they've been delivered by the Easter Bunny, Robin. (laughs) Okay. Um, So uh, Jessica throws him out, and and she gets to the front door. Uh, There is a couple waiting waiting there, Barbara and Bob Schlotman. Um, I want to point out as well that she's replaced the window that was broken with some card, and it says on it, Fragile, please handle with care. Um, which I quite I like to think is also a reference to Jessica herself. Because well, how about the fact that uh, you want to get into metaphors? How about the fact that hope is lost? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. all, all hope is lost. Oh, now I'm depressed. <laughs> uh, so Barbara and Bob are from Omaha, and they're looking for their daughter Hope. Um, Bob seems obsessed with fixing the door for Jessica. Uh, they mentioned yes, that. That was adorable. Yeah, I only have. I know. It was such a dad thing to do. Yeah, like, yeah. my daughter's. I only have power over doors. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He's like, let me just fix something. This isn't the right door. She's just a oh. little girl in the suit. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it, it, it totally cool. made me made me yeah. think of my dad because he yeah. uh, works in construction and remodeling and stuff, and he's oh. always pointing out, oh, look how nice this such and such is. And I'm like, oh, that's great. And <laughs> he would totally do that. He'd be like, I need to fix this. I think it is nice as well because he says about, you know, she's a girl living in the city, and I th- I thought it was really... It was a really um, good way, without doing a lot of words, to paint the relationship he obviously has with his daughter. You know, he's this really caring dad. I, I don't know. I just, I just thought it was really good writing, just to write that in. Um, and I like the moment where it's the wrong glue as well. Um, we find out Hope is an NYU track and field kind of um, athlete. She excels at uh, track and field. She went missing one month ago when she quit the team. Police found no evidence. And then someone referred them to Jessica. Mm, more on that later. Uh, then we cut to Jessica is at home eating and looking at the Schlotmans on the laptop. Uh, they have another son called Owen. And uh, she finds details of a friend of Hope's from the city who was her best friend who she shared an apartment with. So Jessica leaves and goes to visit the friend, um, ends up breaking the door down, and meets her friend and the friend's new uh, flatmate from Craigslist. Uh, what did you think of this guy, guys? Thanks, Hope. Yeah, thanks, Hope. <laughs> One of my favourite lines is in this scene, which uh, I will get to when we do quotes. <laughs> yeah, but this guy, I was like, 
as soon as Jessica, like, took his camera, snatched it off of him and threw it away, I was like, yeah! That was the first time I cheered in the episode, because I hate guys like this. Brilliant. Um, What do you got? You hate guys like what? I hate guys like this guy who's just like, oh, my art, I'm making this, ooh. I'm just. I, I would do the same. I just get it off, take it off his head, and throw it, and say, "Well, there's a cut." Um, because yeah, I was just like, "No, no, <laughs> this guy's an idiot." Uh, so uh, they have a box of leftover stuff from Hope, and um, the best friend mentions that there was a guy that Hope liked. Uh, Jess pockets some of Hope's mail and leaves. Uh, and then, um, oh yeah, because the guy says when she throws his camera, he's like, "You just, des- you destroyed my art." I was just like, "Shut up." Uh, maybe it's because I went to art college and I know people like that. I'm just like, yep. Uh, <laughs> I love the door gag too. Just the fact she just breaks it open and then. And when she walks leaves, out just like, it's, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> she breaks so many doors. I love it. That could be in a drinking game. Every time Jessica breaks a door open, there you go. I'm going to write this down for you. You can do like Jessica Jones bingo if you like. Ooh. There you go. So uh, then she heads to um, the club and watches Gregory get into his car. Uh, and then manages to stop his car when it sort of stops at the lights and asks directions to the Chrysler building. And he's just like, uh, Google Maps, biatch. And uh, then she stops him driving off again by lifting the back of the car. So how do you guys think that uh, he, she caught up with him? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, teleportation. <laughs> Bam. I, yeah, absolutely. She's friends with my crawler. <laughs> <laughs> She's like cooler sister. She has a little scooter. <laughs> and she just jumped on it and caught up with him. She has an invisible jet. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. Oh, so, uh, yeah, she lifts up the back of the car and he says, You're one of them! So, our first kind of reference that there are other superheroes in this world. Um, I love the fact that he keeps trying to get out the car and she just keeps slamming the door so he can't leave. It's <laughs> just like, slam, no, slam. Uh, she serves him oh, summons and insults his hair plugs. He threatens to expose <laughs> Jessica and then she says, oh, no one's going to care. And by the way, I can melt your insides with my laser eyes. And then she takes a photo and sends it to Jaren. And, and he psychosomatically thinks it's happening too. He's like, ooh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she insults his hair plugs and like puts his hand up to his head as if to go, oh, my plugs! <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the next scene, Jessica is passed out, and it turns purple, and she gets her face licked. That's pretty That was cool. gross. Although, uh, David Tennant, I, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> just saying. I, I was like, please, stop being gross and creepy, purple man. Like, that's really um, creepy. Mel, I think you should stop watching the show now, if that's all you want. <laughs> that's pretty much all he does. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Have a drink every time Purple Man is creepy or gross. <laughs> Alright. You will be dead <laughs> by the end of the series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's really creepy. And she kind of gets up and is, like, panicky um, again. And she sort of breathes and repeats the streets. But this time she only gets three out of the four streets out. Uh, the phone rings. And Jaren tells her that Gregory complained about her because he says that she threatened him with her laser eyes. And as Jaren is on the phone to uh, to Jessica, we see her her assistant Pam approach her and kiss her neck. Um, this isn't trash. This is, it's not trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because I was watching it going, oh, I think Robin's a little bit confused <laughs> by this episode. Um, and Jaren says that she'll inform payroll to pay Jessica. 
So, yeah, so Jerin is uh, obviously having some kind of romance with Pam. Um, Jessica heads out and walks to the same bar she was at earlier. We can hear Gold Digger playing. I was singing along. Um, she looks inside. She's got her little sad bottle of booze in a brown paper bag. We've all been there, guys. We've all been there, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, just me. Uh, Luke invites her inside as, as he's putting out the rubbish. Has he seen her before? And he says it's ladies' night for her because she's local and hot. Can you feel the chemistry, guys? Can you feel it? So awesome. Mike Kinsler, man, perfect casting. Super yeah, cool. Great. And I just loved him in The Good Wife. He's just so great. And he played a bad guy in The Good Wife, so it's really cool to see him using that uh, charm to be a good guy as well. Yeah, I have a, I have a note that I, I can't... I, I'm confused by my own note. Uh, <laughs> whatever it is, it happened down that she... T2, a Terminator 2. What what happened that was... That happened to hmm. T2? Did she get money out of an ATM machine? No, mm. not in this bit. What was she, she in the bar? Run from an exploding truck and turn into liquid metal. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, she did that. Uh, that was <laughs> awesome. I, I don't know. Oh, damn it. Did she I sink into lava and hold her thumb up? <laughs> well, that's, that's the end of the episode. episode. 13. That's episode 13. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the show ends, guys. <laughs> yeah. The only way to kill a purple like man it. is to throw him into lava and then you get a little thumbs up from him as he dies. <laughs> Good <laughs> job. Thumbs up. <laughs> Good job, Jessica. Luke. <laughs> um, so Jessica and Luke are kind of flirting, even though Jessica says she doesn't flirt. Um, and she's packing away a lot of whiskey. And I've written in my notes, Jessica asks Luke about him himself, but he's cagey with information. Ha ha. <laughs> Sorry. There, you're turning into Robin. I know, I'm laughing at those puns. It's terrible. I mean, you know, she was probably jonesing for some alcohol. Uh, no, Robin, no. You started it, Claire. You started it. I'm sorry. I feel so ashamed. <laughs> So he he like he like asked her a bunch of questions and it it seems like again she's tailing him or she's watching the bar like because he's noticed her before so why why is she I, I guess there's no answers now but well I hope there will be I, I, there is um it's just because he's a he's a fine looking man it's just it really is that because I wrote that down I was like maybe she's crushing on him but that's he, kind of he, he's a, he's Mike Holter I mean he's a he's a fine looking gentleman. At first I thought maybe they had a past together, but then it seemed like they didn't really know each other. Mm. So I don't, uh, yeah, I didn't quite understand either, but I guess we'll see. We will see. So she gives Luke her card, and he sort of says, okay, you know, what can you tell about me then? And she basically, um, you know, pretty much reads him and says that, you know, he doesn't really care if he gets, you know, dirt on him or anything or someone pukes on his shoes but if anything happens to the bar he'd be very upset that you know that person would be out of there because it's the most clean bar she's ever seen um he's very private because there's no photographs or anything up and she basically just completely reads him and we can't really tell from his face whether or not that if she's right um and he says to her okay so what is it that you want uh, smash cut to very energetic sex. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Sitting in a room with 5,000 nerds just watching that, I, I was kind of a little uncomfortable. Uh, I can imagine. <laughs> um, and at one point, uh, Luke, um, is he goes gentle because he's scared of breaking her. She says, don't worry, you're not going to break me. And he says, oh, yeah, I will. Okay, interesting. Uh, so she kind of gets a, uh, I don't know, a kind of strange expression on her face and um, uh, flips herself over. 
And, yeah, it gets uh, a little bit too intimate for her, I think. I think yeah, well, maybe. I, I'm not saying anything. Maybe she um, just likes it that way. Well, I will say as well, this is a reference to an infamous scene in Alias, um, in the first issue, in which, I don't want to spoil too much of Alias, but in that Jessica and Luke have a history as friends, um, they both get a bit drunk, and basically Jessica lets Luke do whatever he wants to her, and this is what happens. And it's quite an infamous scene in Alias, um, but in that as well, she kind of says that Luke would feel bad about it later, because he's a good guy. But they basically, this is pretty much exactly what happens, so this is a reference to that scene. I thought it was, like, too much eye contact, and she was like, uh, you know, let's get back to actually... Well, maybe she just likes it. I mean, you know, I, I love the fact, like, I've read reviews that said, you know, before, that this will do for sexuality what Daredevil did for violence, but I love the fact that this is this is a girl who likes sex, and I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. You know, you don't see it very often. Um, and uh, it's, again, saying about this show, it's, uh, I have checked, it does pass the Bechdel test, and it is the Bechdel test, Robin. I checked the pronunciation, um, because we have so What's much strong female Bechdel. Oh, really? I was saying that. I can't remember. One of us said one. I don't. What a Bechdel. <laughs> what a Bechdel. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, we have so many awesome female characters. I didn't characters. know that was Bech's last name. And it's refreshing to have a character, a female character who does like sex. I think, in my opinion, on television. You don't see it very often. Uh, so, then we cut to post-sex. Luke is smiling. He's obviously had a nice time. <laughs> Jessica looks troubled. Um, she goes to the bathroom and sees a photo of a woman in the bathroom cabinet while she's looking at the pills. And then she cries and apologises to Luke and leaves. What do you guys think about that, Heidi? <laughs> you guys, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> I... I have no idea where, like, why. I, like, yeah. I have no theories whatsoever, really, as to what's going on in her brain. Is this the woman that Luke left the bar with, do we think? Because oh. he went home with someone, didn't he? Mm. I, don't, I don't think so. That, okay. That seemed like a hookup, that, that one. Okay. Uh, but I could be Jessica goes outside and throws up, which, again, I, I like as a detail because, again, it's not something we see much on TV. Yeah. So does she just have issues because of Purple Man, or is was she just drunk? She's <laughs> just up. mad racist. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a problem with intimacy. I think that's what it is. Mm. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. Yeah, I want to, but I'm not. I just my guess at this point. I don't know. I totally uh, read it as relationship issues because I mean, she obviously it looks like she had an, a relationship with Purple Man because she was talking about how she had been in the restaurant. It looked like she was on a date with Purple Man. Yeah, but he was forcing her to Yeah, I know, but that's the thing. Like, that would that would fuck you up. Like, yeah. you're in a, a forced relationship with this man that's hypnotizing you into being into this relationship. So, obviously, you're going to have issues after something like that happens. Mm-hmm. She mentions later as well, well, Trish mentions to her about PTSD. So, she's been, you know, prescribed meds and therapy for post-traumatic stress disorder. So... She's yep. obviously, you know, that kind of explains her flashbacks and everything and the, the panic attacks. Um, so Jessica wakes up again. There's arguing going on again uh, above her. And um, the phone rings and it's Barbara Slotman uh, chasing up. Um, and Jessica reveals that she's looked at Hope's credit card and Hope had been buying lingerie and suits and ties on the credit card. But um, 
in being decent, she doesn't tell uh, Barbara exactly what she'd been buying, which I thought was decent of her because that's really creepy <laughs> when we know kind of what happened to Hope later. Mm. Like, um, Hope's, dad, Hope's dad looks like Ray Liotta. <laughs> really? Aww. Yeah, so. I'd love it if Ray Liotta played him. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to fix the door. And we'd be like, he's totally the villain because it's Ray Liotta. Yeah, exactly. But he's not. It's just like him being a nice dad. <laughs> he's going to flip at any second now. <laughs> uh, so Jessica um, leaves the apartment again and sees a, we see another Trish Talk poster. She goes to the Niku restaurant um, where also there's been payments made and instantly reacts to the building. Um we find out it used to be a different restaurant and the owner recognises Hope's photo. Um, Hope was with a man who has a very partic- who was very particular about the table they sat at and seemed to be able to control the staff. He ordered his favourite dish, which was from the previous restaurant when it was an Italian. What did you guys think was happening here when Jessica's like walking through to the room and then we get the purple light again with the, her sitting with a man for a meal? That exactly what I just said before. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's true, you did say <laughs> <laughs> I am a dum dum. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought for sure. Like I, I just got it that she, you know, had obviously been, uh, I guess, taken. Uh, you know, purple man had taken under her, taking her under his wing. I guess That's sort of. <laughs> yeah. Good, good for you, Mel. Because I was just confused and going, okay, like something, something has. This is triggering something in her, but I, I again, I have no uh, knowledge of any of these characters at all, and so it kind of was like, okay, well, I'm going to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. I thought the bit where she exits, exits the restaurant was really good, the way it was done, because she panics, you know, she's uh, the noise is really loud, it's like a heartbeat. Um, the vision, her, it's like her vision's going all blurry. Um, and you often get like the, the heartbeat sound for when people are panicking, but I thought the way it was done was really good. She's trying to say the street names to herself, but this time she only gets two out. So you can see her panic is escalating. She's losing control. Um, you know, and I, I just thought it was really well done, this kind of real panicky feel of what it's like to almost have a panic attack. Um, they had that classic chest-mounted camera as well. Yeah, the chest-mounted <laughs> camera when she's running, which always makes stuff look weird as well. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. Yeah, and it, they didn't really like overdo it. You know, that's I've seen that like really overdone in some things, but I thought it was just you know um, done. My right favorite, back. my favorite use of that that kind of camera is still from the uh, oh, what is it? Damn it! What's that that uh that early Leonardo DiCaprio movie? He's on the island or whatever. Oh, the beach. Oh, the beach. Yes. Yeah. When he's like going insane and running through the woods and he's like yeah. smiling like a madman. Yeah. Like, a, like, like a computer like, game character. Yeah, and it's all video games. <laughs> That's uh, some Danny Boyle there, yeah. 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 Oh, Danny Boyle. Oh, oh Danny Boyle. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, instantly dating um, Rosario Dawson, who plays Claire Temple in Daredevil. It all goes back to Daredevil, guys. What? <laughs> Uh, so then Jessica runs to the Schlotman's hotel room and asks for who referred her. And they say he had an English accent. And I was like, of course he did, because all English people are evil, apparently. <laughs> Including me. Obviously it was Mark Strong. <laughs> yeah. Or the picture of Stanley. Stanley's not English. I know, but it was funny thinking of the picture of Stanley doing an English accent saying, <laughs> Oi, Jessica Jones could help you. <laughs> Excelsiors! 
I want to see the Johnny Excelsior I am. Have any of you seen Mary? <laughs> so then... Uh, <laughs> so then Jessica tells them to pack and they need to leave immediately. So she packs her stuff and tries to book an immediate ticket to Hong Kong on, on Hope's credit card, which is a bit... Cheap. I know. <laughs> I love that. I know. Uh, but when it's uh, denied, she asks Jaren for help. Um, but Jaren says it's going to take time and to ask a friend. And Jessica says, I have no friends. Uh, so she hangs up. And then we see Wendy uh, arrive, which is Jaren's wife, and arrives and kisses Jaren. They go off to, I think, a restaurant or something. And Pam looks on sadly and then leaves. Did you guys recognize uh, Wendy, Matt and Mel? Oh, God. You should do. Yes. Who was she? She's Jane. Yeah. I didn't what? recognize her. From Deadwood. Yay! I didn't recognize her. I never do. I never do. She's not Jane. <laughs> well, I'm like, say, she's honestly, on makeup and stuff. She looks totally different to she me. She does. Yeah, she does. I think she's, like, really pretty without, when she's not Jane. Yeah. <laughs> when she's Jane, she's not. Yeah. And she's got a great name. Yes. Yeah, she's a Robin, and they are the best. Robin White. And <laughs> I want to say, hang on. Okay, anyway. Recomposing myself. I will say that uh, little cheetah cheetah pumpkiny uh, listener Matt A, not Robin this time, did message me. Matt A, who does Hooplecast with Matt and Mel, um, which is a Deadwood podcast, did message me because he was very excited that she was in this episode and asked me how many <laughs> times she appears in the series. And I gave him a vague answer. Oh, is it a spoiler to say how often she shows up? I'm not saying whether oh. it's a spoiler or not. So there. Uh, <laughs> So uh, then Jessica dials another number, but there's no answer. So she leaves and gets in the elevator. Malcolm gets in as well. And uh, she needs cash. So he offers her a stolen TV. It's stolen. I stole it. I figured. <laughs> um, then we're at Trish's apartment. She's having a meeting. This is uh, Trish Walker. More on her later. Uh, Jessica appears at the window. Um, a nice detail I thought in regards to this is that we hear... A very loud door click as the people from the meeting leave. Did you guys catch that? Like when they leave, they leave the door. You don't see it. You just hear it. But it's it's a very loud noise door. Just remember that. Why, why does that matter? Okay. Just, 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 just <laughs> put that in your brain. Put a little pin in that memory, guys. Put a little pin, okay? The door is loud. Okay. Yeah. Just remember that. <laughs> wink, wink at everyone who's seen the show. Uh, so... Uh, Jessica, she says to Jessica she never calls Trish. Jessica asks for money, but she says, it's been six months, there's been no word from you. And then Jessica tells Trish that he's back. And Trish says, it's been a year, you saw him die. At this point, I'm like, Trish, maybe just take a moment and listen to her instead of just completely dismissing her. Well, we've seen that Jessica is not the most cuddly person, so she seems quite hard to get along with. And if she's not been answering Trish's calls... Uh, Trish seems to know that something traumatic has happened to Jessica. If that person then disappeared and didn't answer calls and then just turned up and asked for money, I'd be a bit pissed as well, to be honest. Because mm. I get the feeling Trish has been worried about her. Uh, mm. Am I supposed to know their relationship, how they know each other? No, no you're not. I will right. I, I will go into it a little bit later, which isn't spoilery, but I'll go into it a bit. Um, so Jessica says that uh, maybe he uh, he went after Hope uh, because she was a gifted, gifted athlete. Um, when he went after Jessica, they did a one-month anniversary night, and he's doing exactly the same thing with Hope. And they mentioned that he also did something to do with a hotel. Um, 
and that she says to Trish, I was never the hero that you wanted me to be. Uh, so Trish goes to get her the money. So is Trish like her uh, her whistler? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, she just she's going to wear a little pork pie hat in the next episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it works two ways actually. Hey, she, hey there. She, she could she could be her whistler from Angel or her whistler from uh, Blade. She could be <laughs> her, her Doyle. Are from you Angel. talking about Doyle? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know, but... in Buffy, but... Yeah. No, Doyle was basically Whistler. Doyle was... Yeah, Doyle was supposed to be Whistler, <laughs> originally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she's going to... In the next uh, episode, she's going to have an Irish accent, and... <laughs> and Miss... Miss Reed rates as rats. That's what's going to happen. And <laughs> she'll be doing the, the voiceovers. Yeah. Elias Investigations? Yeah. rats are low. Our rats are low. So Jessica gets a cab, and we get the return of Noir, Noir Sax. Uh, in the background, Noor's uh, uh, messages from the Schlotmans, which I I don't know why I found it really affecting just hearing the parents just begging for news from you know for their daughter. I, I don't know why I, I found like even though we get very little from from them in this episode, I found like their worry for hope very affecting. It really got to me, and I don't I don't know why. I wasn't like weeping, you know, in the first few minutes like I was in Daredevil with uh, freaking Jack Murdoch, but it did. I don't know, it did get to me a bit. Um, she changes her mind about uh, going to the airport and heads to the hotel instead, and the doorman recognises her, yep. which is creepy. Uh, Jessica approaches the hotel room, and we uh, set the fire alarm, and as people leave, we see flashes of purple as she walks down the hallway, which is super creepy. Mm. Like that. Yeah. Um, she enters the hotel room, and the, we see the lighting is a little bit purple, and then we get a hand on her shoulder and, you missed me. And she freaks out again. And I was like, <laughs> like this whole bit, I was really on edge watching it. I was like, oh, it's so creepy. Um, and she finds Hope lying on the bed. And this is when we get the first name drop for our villain. As Jess says, is Kilgrave here. And uh, Hope says he left five hours, 21 minutes ago. And she's just watching the clock. And this Speaking is so disturbing, this scene. Yeah. Speaking of which, on uh, the side of my Facebook feed right now, there's a sponsored ad, and it just it's Purple David Tennant. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's a, a sponsored ad to raise enough money to paint David Tennant purple for the day. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'd pay for that. I'm sure that's it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Maybe so he was just at Willy Wonka's factory. This leads me to believe he'll actually be purple at some point, which <laughs> I'm looking he forward to. The, uh, he ate the chewing gum with the blueberry pie and... <laughs> you're turning violet, yeah. violet. <laughs> nice. Spoilers, it's just a bad spray tan. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um this this really creeped me out, but the bit that really like I found really chilling was um Hope is unable to go with Jessica because uh Kilgrave told her not to move and then she just says, I wet the bed. That yeah. I was like, that's so chilling. I was like, Oh that oh so creepy. Mm-hmm. Um so Jessica basically picks her up, throws her over her shoulder. Uh, Hope puts up a good fight, but Jessica knocks her head out on a hotel <laughs> on a door frame. No, I want to lay back in that piece of bed. <laughs> Were you guys surprised that surprised that she found Hope in this episode? Did you think that it would be like a season long thing that you know she'd be looking for this girl? Or she found because no, that because uh, yeah, it's a detective show. I, I would think they would take as many cases as they can. Be like case of the week. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of peeing the bed, I don't remember. <laughs> well, what did you do? <laughs> I I didn't tell Matt. I don't remember. 
Ever-changing outfits. I feel like she wore the same clothes. The she has time. two coats. She has like the same scarf, but she has her leather jacket. She always, she always seems to wear her skinny blue jeans and her boots. She always has that big gray the scarf. The same underpants, I guess, and either her little black leather jacket or her big black jacket. Like I don't think jacket. she showers. Well, she she poos or pees. We don't know if she poos or pees. I don't think she, she showers. Might have Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a shower scene too, Mel. Don't worry. And after, after that, after that <laughs> sex with Luke, I mean, she must stink because that looked very energetic. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So I assume that and he was, he was all sweaty afterwards as well. Unless her power is uh, emitting a nice potpourri smell or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, she admits the smell of violets, which is why this was codenamed Violet. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, so, um, Jessica is at the hotel room with Hope and she's packing and, uh, Hope says, he made me do things I didn't want to do, but I wanted to. And then Jessica tells her to think about the street signs of when she was a kid. So we get that that's obviously something the, the shrink told Jessica to, to, uh, help her cope when she's having a panic attack. And she tells Hope it's not her fault. Um, the Schlotmans arrive. Jessica tells them they need to take Hope to Omaha immediately. Hope hugs Jessica. We seem to be getting a happy ending. Mm. Jessica follows them to the lift, and as the lift doors close, oh my god, Hope's pulling a gun! Uh-huh. Nah. <laughs> and it's not until then you see the color of her bag, too, which is great. Oh, <gasps> oh yeah, her bag was, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. There's, there's a lot of really cool uses of, of purple in this series. You should, like, notice. Drink. <laughs> Drink. Uh, yeah. And we hear five shots. Jessica opens the elevator and Hope is just clicking the empty gun and then she smiles at Jessica and <laughs> says, smile, and I got the chills again. It's so <sighs> creepy. No, it's and more she like a... drops she's, the she's, gun and screams. She's like, smile. Like, come on, you know? Oh, man, super creepy. Um, what was the reaction like to that at Comic-Con, Robin? I, I think the room was like you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> oh, God. Pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, it was like, oh, my God. What did you guys think? Like, did you see that coming or? No, it seemed like too, too much of a happy ending. Like, but then, you know, because it's like, well, she can't obviously go to <clears throat> Hong Kong or wherever, Jessica, I guess. But, yeah, it's like, oh, my God. Um, Jessica leaves the hotel, goes to get in the cab. She's flipping out. And then the voiceover says that she needs to make a decision uh, of what to do. She decides to do something about it. And then she walks back into the hotel and the episode ends. And that was the first episode, guys. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Matt. You can't really know that. I say you can't really describe it as too happy of an ending because you, you don't know what kind of show it is. Like, maybe that's a perfectly fine ending for the show. We don't know the tone of it, but now we definitely do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's like oh, I love uh, okay. I love I love that last moment though. She's completely off balance. She's super scared. It, it is not like a heroic ending, you know. Mm-hmm. She's about to uh, take a taxi and go to Hong Kong, <laughs> and then she turns around and you know it's very much uh, like all right, let's do this, and now we know what what the series is going to be about. I which actually is, which surprises me. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought we were going to wait on Purple Man. I saw a um, a review of the, of the series from someone. It was one of the negative reviews. It was basically someone. I mean, it wasn't like a critic. It was someone on like a message board 
Um, but they were saying, oh, I hate this and I hate Daredevil. And basically they sounded like they were a big Moon Knight fan because they just wanted a Moon Knight series. And they were basically saying, all I want is a Moon Knight series. Moon Knight has um, dis- disassociative personality disorder. And he's like, give me a character with, um, you know, with mental health issue. That would be really cool to watch. And I was just thinking, dude, you have this character. Jessica Jones has PTSD. She has panic attacks. She's got anxiety. And I think it's played so well. And even in Daredevil, the, the character who has a history of depression, they even touched upon that in the show where he says to Karen, I, I can't move another step. You know, he's just, you know, sort of inertia's completely got hold of him. And I'm so I'm thinking, you know, that is something that they are tackling in these shows. It's not that we need a Moonlight show to tackle that. So I just thought it was kind of interesting. But I agree with you, Robin, that I love the way that her, her sort of the way they show her panic is is shown in this in this show in this series it gets really well done um i should have said at the start of the episode i didn't say the writer or director (laughs) um this episode was written by melissa rosenberg who is the showrunner um and it's directed by sj clarkson and just like with um daredevil the first two episodes have the same director so the next episode is also um directed by sj clarkson um, and one of the cool things with this show as well is lots and lots of female writers and directors, which is really nice to see compared to, to Daredevil, where we only had uh, Ruth Fletcher Gage, one of the female writers. Lots and lots of female involvement with the show. I'm glad there's more female involvement, <coughs> but it kind of sucks that female directors are, are like, if they're like, oh, it's it's so nice to giving all the, the mm-hmm. all female directors this, this work, but it's always on female-centered stuff. Mm-hmm. It's always like, oh, this is about women, so uh, yeah, I guess we can give some women some jobs. Yeah, exactly. It's. I wish it it's was a great Joe Casada impersonation, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was on, you know, more things. It's like, you know, when they were going to do the Wonder Woman film, and a lot of people were saying it should be what's her name, Michelle. Worked on Game of Thrones is amazing. Oh, Michelle McLaren, yeah. Yes, oh, Michelle McLaren. Um, you know, or um, or Catherine. What is with me in surnames today? Bigelow. Uh, Bigelow. Thank you. I can't remember surnames. Um, you say the first name I did. Like yeah, <laughs> it should be one of them. And it's like, well, no, it doesn't have to be a female just because it is a female-driven property. I would rather it was, yeah. but I would rather that it's any property. It's like the new Captain America film, and those names get thrown in as well. It shouldn't be... Yeah, well, yeah. Why can't, you know, why can't a woman direct, you know, the next Iron Man or something? Yeah. Exactly. Um, um, have you seen... Have you watched Walking Dead at all? Um, I have, but I'm very behind on it. But I know uh, Jennifer Lynch has been directing it as well, hasn't she? Yeah, she's done a couple episodes, and both, oh, yeah. both were just excellent. I, I think they were, like, way above the other episodes around them. Worry too. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I would. Um, I love that she's she's doing that, and I would love because I've I've loved um, not all of her films. I particularly love Chained, which was one of her most recent films with Vincent D'Onofrio, and that was really cool. Um, I think she can be an excellent director, but I'm I'm really glad that she is getting. Um, she's like a high profile female director working on that. Um, I just I, I love the fact that we've got a lot of females working on this on the show. I just wish that it wasn't like you said. They feel like it has to be because it's a female show. They have to get female writers. I would be like, you know, why can't one of these these people write or direct, you know, Iron, you know, the next Iron Man film or the next, or you know, anything, you know, Inhumans or anything. I would just, I'd love to see that. I just don't think it should be about gender. Um, mm. But it's, it, you know, it's a yeah. step forward. So that's that's good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I should mention as well, when I was saying about the Bechdel test and how this show passes it, it also passes another test, which I found out about, which I had no idea existed. Let me find it. Bechdel test? Bechdel! No, I meant the other test was the... Was the no, Bechdel. it was not the... No. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it also passes the sexy lamp test, which was uh, invented oh. in 2012 by comic book uh, writer Kelly Sue DeConnick, who you guys may have heard of who wrote Captain Marvel, um, which was basically a different test for female characters, which was, if you can replace your female character with a sexy lamp and the story still basically works, maybe you need another draft. So obviously mm-hmm. it passes that. Uh, I would say it also passes the Russo test, which is another one I've never heard of, which is uh, 2013, the American Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual and Transgender Media Organization introduced the Russo test, um, which had three criteria. The film contains a character that is identifiably lesbian, gay, bisexual, and or transgender. The character must not be solely or predominantly defined by their sexual orientation or gender identity, and the character must be tied into the plot in such a way that their removal would have a significant effect. Um, and I think they kind of passed that in terms of Carrie Ann Moss's role in this show. No more spoilers. Claire Underwood. <laughs> in, the, in Claire Underwood's role in the show. So, um, are you guys ready for some Easter eggs? Got quite a lot for this this episode. Yeah. Heidi, are you are you all right for some Easter eggs? You're not on a, a diet or anything. You can you can put <laughs> on some some eggs, some chocolatey eggs of goodness. Oh, I'm ready. Awesome. By the way, Robin, as well, I've sent you two voicemails. I forwarded to your Gmail. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, there's Will's just sent another one. Okay, so, um, as I mentioned before, the man thrown through the window at the start was from Alias Issue 1, including the line of, and then there's the matter of your bill. Um, I also mentioned Jessica smokes a ton in Alias, but there is no smoking in the show. Speaking of Carrie Ann Moss's character, Jerin Hogarth, Jerin is G-E-R-Y-N, um, Jerin Hogarth has been a Marvel character for 40 years, except in the comics, Jerin Hogarth is a man. Baby, oh, yes. of course. And is also in the comics uh, most well known for being the attorney of a certain Danny Rand, aka Iron Fist. So this he doesn't, use, he doesn't use Matt Murdock. Uh, well, maybe Matt Murdock's too too close to the truth, you know. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, Jerin is Danny Rand's attorney in the comics. Um, according to our listener Rebecca, Jerin in the show that we see, even in this episode, is a lot more of a. Um, uh, a, a lot colder than Jerin in the comics. But I like the fact um, that they have just switched the gender of this character and it doesn't affect the character in either way. They just went, well, you know, the character can still have a wife. I think that's really cool and that they've used it to introduce another awesome female character into this show. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's pretty interesting. So, Patricia Trish Walker, otherwise known as Patsy Walker in the comics. Um, but she's Trish Walker in the show. Uh, okay, so I've got quite a lot on her. Initially, she was created... Oh, I should say as well, these little Easter eggs are thanks to denofgeek.com, so thanks, guys. I got the Daredevil ones from them as well. Um, so initially, uh, Patsy Walker was um, introduced into Marvel as a kind of Archie-esque comedy character, like for <laughs> teens. Um, and then it was only in the 70s that she became the superhero known as Hellcat, um, but here's an interesting thing. Superhero Patsy, so Hellcat Patsy, was never the teen Archie-ish Patsy. In Marvel continuity, where Patsy is Hellcat, there were comics written by her mother, Dorothy Walker, in which Patsy was this teen 
kind of character, Patsy Walker. Does that make sense? So no. in Marvel Comics, <laughs> Patsy Walker is the superhero known as Hellcat, and her mother writes comics about her daughter, but as a young kind of character, like in an Archie comic, like like a teen adventurer type thing. So she's like Gone Girl. Oh, uh, yeah, sort of. She's a bit like Gone Girl. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing yeah, Amy. That's a, good, that's a good... Yeah, she's amazing Amy. Um, I mention that because uh, it, it kind of... It, it's sort of something they play a bit of a homage to later in the series. So I thought I'd mention it now. Um, and she replaces Carol Danvers as Jessica Jones' best friend from the Alias comics because in Alias... The best friend role, uh, or the friend role of Jessica's, is played by Carol Danvers, who is also known as Captain Marvel. Um, unfortunately, she couldn't be in the show because she's getting her own movie. That, does, that shouldn't stop her from getting, being in the show. I, I know, I'd well, like to say a bit that. I think the, also the reason is that um, Carol Danvers in the comics is already an Avenger. You know, she can yeah. fly, she goes into space and does lots of adventures and things. If you had that, you would have to have her already established as an Avenger, and you would have to have Jessica in some way have a relationship with the Avengers. And in this, you don't. So I think, I like the reasons they have, and I like the yeah. fact that it's made this lesser-known super, super character, Hellcat, Trish Walker, kind of better known. And Marvel have actually now um, just, I think they've just released previews of a new comic they're going to do featuring Hellcat, which looks quite fun. Um, but yeah, so that's why Hellcat is in this, uh, or I should say um, Trish instead of Carol. Uh, in the comics... Claire, yes. Nerd question. Who would win in a fight between Hellcat and Tigra? Ooh. I don't, I <laughs> don't know that much. I'm going to admit, I don't know that much about either of them. Um, but I think Hellcat... What if we throw Cheetah in there too? From I DC? think Hellcat is known as Hellcat because she was brought back from hell, I think. So she oh, has some kind of hell powers, so I think probably her. Hell powers win. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about either of them to really say. But Hellcat does have an awesome costume. Uh, and in the comics as well, Hellcat had red hair. Um, put a little pin in that memory as well. <laughs> Another little one. Boop. Um, all, these okay. pins, all these pins in my memory are so In your brain, you're basically <laughs> <Yeah>. pinhead. <laughs> They're eradicating all the redheads from, <laughs> from comics to TV. Absolutely. <laughs> So, a little bit of knowledge about Kilgrave. In the comics, Kilgrave is spelt with two L's, whereas in the series he only has one. Uh, his name <laughs> in funny. the his name in the comics is Zebediah Kilgrave, which is apparently <laughs> possibly <laughs> the greatest name ever. Zebediah Kilgrave, otherwise wow. known as the villain, the Purple Man. So, yes, this is Zebediah Kilgrave. Um, one of my favorite. <laughs> Sorry? Spoilery question. Okay. Does the name Zebediah ever show up in the series? Uh, that would be a spoiler, Mel, and therefore I'm not going to say. <laughs> but you can now imagine, though, that every time David Tennant appears, he's called Zebediah. <laughs> uh, and in the comics, he was Eastern European, and his um, origin was kind of tied in with the Cold War. Um, he got doused in chemicals that turned, literally turned him purple, turned his skin and hair purple, and it meant that he emitted pheromones, which meant that he could control other people. Uh, his first appearance was in Daredevil issue number four. If anyone has Daredevil issue number four and wants to sell it, I don't have it. And I really want it because I have issues one, two, three and five. And I want issue four. Um, and that was uh, published in 1964, written by Stan Lee and uh, Joe Orlando. 
Um, in Alias number 24, Brian Michael Bendis returned the character uh, to kind of close out uh, the series of Alias. And Mark Wade recently wrote a, um, a really good two-parter story yep. uh, featuring the Purple Man in his run of Daredevil, which I, I really enjoyed. I made the character even scarier than he was previously. Um, also, uh, our lovely listener, Vicky, um, accompanied me... <laughs> Uh, this year when we went to a comic con where I was dressed as Jessica Jones in her comic book costume with purple eyes and she went as the purple man and yes we did paint Vicky's face hair uh, and arms purple and she had little white sideburns and it was an awesome costume nobody recognised us apart from I think two people yeah but you know those people were awesome so it's fine Um, okay just a few more easter eggs unless you guys are full you're patting your tummies I can make it. Okay. So, waffle thin, waffle thin Easter egg. I've got three waffle thin Easter eggs left. Waffle thin Easter egg one. So the Schlotmans are not characters who appear in Alias. However, the missing uh, the missing girl case featuring Hope um, does uh, um, kind of echo uh, some um, cases that happen in the Alias comics. Uh, Malcolm is a character who appears in the comics, however, he's very different. He's kind of this nerdy kid who has a crush on Jessica and loves superheroes, and he just kind of keeps showing up at her office, and she, like, gets really annoyed by him. Um, And the last one is, in this, um, they mention the word gifted in reference to Jessica. This would, they might have used this word um, because they can't use the word mutant in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because Fox owns it which is why currently in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. they're sort of doing the story with mutants, people who have powers, but referring to them as inhumans or gifted or in Avengers 2 they were referred to as miracles so there we go. Isn't it crazy that they can own the word mutant yeah, yeah. I, I don't I, I don't really mind though I'm not bothered either way you know I'm going to be really irritated if we find out that Jessica Jones and Purple Man were created by Terrigen Miss mm-hmm. I will be really irritated as well because I don't really like Agents of Shield that much <laughs> so as we know I like 50% uh, of it <laughs> is what? doesn't DC doesn't DC uh, have their own mutants just called metahumans Yeah, they're metahumans, because I remember them saying that in the Flash TV series, I think, or metas Mm -hmm. or something. But um, I I don't know enough about DC, so our listeners can let us know, because I I have very little DC knowledge. They are called metahumans in the Flash. Oh, cool. And don't they just put them in, like, a cage, but it's just like a square box? And I was thinking, well, how's that person being fed and... (laughs) <laughs> their toilet. I remember thinking that in Flash, but then yeah. Harrison Wells appeared, and I forgot about it because he's delightful in in the episode <laughs> anyway, where he at the end of every episode he 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 steps up out of his wheelchair and takes his glasses off and looks at something from the future, and I was just like, hee <laughs> my favourite thing about the Flash is that at the end of every episode he looks around shiftily, takes his glasses off, stands up, and I'm like. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's just the character loking the rest of the characters, and obviously I love that. So, <laughs> um, so now it is time for quotes. Does anyone have any quotes? I, I don't. Uh, Robin. Uh, let's see. What should I? Um, I'll say. Yo, chop chop! Quick, like a bunny. Where's my car? <laughs> 
Because <laughs> it's super memorable. So horrible. I don't know why I wrote that down. I have one, which is between Jessica and Luke. I can tell by the residue on this bar that four years ago, a man named Horace had buffalo wings. His name was Melvin. That made me laugh. Because <laughs> I like to imagine it's Melvin Potter from uh, Daredevil. Oh, I got one. Okay. You'll love it. I will love it. Oh. Smile. Oh. Uh, hi, dear Matt. Um, Do you have any quotes you want to say? Yeah, I have one. Uh, you have a level? I could hang this straight. She doesn't have a level, Bob. <laughs> oh, Bob. <laughs> I got track, track, track. Jesus, more track. <laughs> um, how, speaking of I have, about, oh, I have uh, another one. I have, you turn that thing on, I'll pull your underwear through your eye. Yeah! One of my favorite Related. Ones. You destroyed my art! Mercy yeah. killing. You destroyed my art! It's like, oh my god. Yeah, that guy. I like the one as well about the, um, uh, I stole. She's like, Malcolm says, you can have my TV. Thanks, Malcolm, you keep it. I stole it. I figured. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the I wet the bed I have as a line as well because it's so creepy. Oh, and another one of my lines from the very end. Click, click, click. Smile! <laughs> Okay. So now it is time for our feedback, guys. Um, first of all, I want to read a message I was sent by, uh, well, that was put on in response to one of my posts on Facebook from Angela regarding the opening theme of the show. And I thought it was quite a cool description of it. So she says, the opening theme feels a bit buffy. It starts with a noir slinky piano setting up one genre with a bunch of rather male-associated expectations, like the hammer organ music from Buffy's theme. Then it breaks off into hard electric guitar as if it's just breaking those expectations and then reclaiming the noir at the end. I was like, oh yeah, kind of is. I like that description. So thanks, Angela. And she said, I told her I was going to share that, and she said, good, because I meant to give feedback and totally fell down on that. Count that as my feedback. So, there we go. That's Angela's <laughs> feedback. <laughs> um, so, we have two voicemails, I believe. Here oh, is one. Which one is it? What up, guys? It's from Will. So, I went and watched the first episode of Jessica Jones on Netflix, and <laughs> I adored it. I like Jessica's attitude. She's really cool. I guess she kind of, uh, her kind of, she seems like maybe, maybe not pessimistic is the right word, but I don't know. I just, I just, I just really like her. And I like the voiceovers. I know another TV show that has a female lead that does voiceovers. They didn't do voiceovers well on that show. I'm not going to name any sh- names. But, you know, Matt knows what I'm talking about. But, yeah, it's good to see Luke Cage and, and I want to do Luke, Luke Page cosplay next year. Do it! Uh, I don't know if I want to pop enough iron to get that ripped. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Um, looking forward to seeing more. Looking forward to uh, seeing that building. Oh, I thought that, you know, once the parents got on the elevator, we were going to find out that you know, the villain uh, had left an instruction for them to kill the daughter, but ended up being the daughter shooting them. So, and I like that her sister or whoever that was eventually believed her when she started explaining, you know, that he's back. It wasn't like where, you know, she kept doubting her, which is kind of annoying on TV shows. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I was going to watch one episode a week with you guys, but I think I'm getting ready to watch episode two now. I'm sending feedback and looking forward to discussing this. Awesome show. Bye. 
Thanks, Will. Will. And next week when he sends his voicemail, (laughs) oh yeah, I finished the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. And Will, you definitely need to do uh, cosplay as Luke Cage. If you do, I will, we should go to a con together. I will dress up in my jewel outfit, aka Jessica Jones, and I will get Vicky to dress as the purple man. (laughs) And we can have a showdown. (laughs) And we will find a, an iron fist and a daredevil as well. There you go. I'll dress up like Foggy. Oh, Foggy. Oh. I'll be an avocado. <laughs> Matt, you should totally be dressed as Matt Murdock. No, I guess. Because you are <laughs> Murdock. Uh, okay, so then we have another voicemail from Woo. I like how in this first episode of Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones's struggle and story is very similar to Natasha Romanoff's struggle and story in Avengers Age of Ultron. We see Natasha Romanoff really being worn down with being a hero and her realizing that she doesn't have her own life. All she has is her job and it really bothers her. We see that a lot less with Jessica Jones. She never verbally says she has a problem with what she's doing or how she earns a living, but she doesn't have to say anything. We know it bothers her. We see it when she really doesn't have any friends. She really doesn't have anything outside of her substance abuse and her job. And we certainly see it in that one in that one scene. And I love in that one scene where she walks out of the WC, puts on her clothes, and doesn't even look at the cage after they've just been intimate. And I love that the only thing she says to him is sorry. She doesn't even look at him when she says that. I found that really interesting and really truly, sadly funny. I love the lighting in this episode. I love the color palette that Sean has decided to go with. Similar but very different than Daredevil's. I like how when color is used, specifically with the character of Kilgrave, the color fills up the entire screen. And I love how color is used to convey an emotion. We all know color conveys an emotion, but there's almost like this hauntingly scary moment when purple is seen in the frame. You see it in the the mind messages, as I like to call them, that Kilgrave is sending to Jessica Jones. And you also see, and I don't know if everyone picked up on this, that the color of Hope's Prayers in the left at the end of the episode is purple, and the purple stands out in the frame. I, I thought that was brilliant. A nice little visual motif for film buffs. I like how the person that Jessica is giving the subpoena to calls her one of them, and we don't really know what he's referring to. Is he calling her an Avenger? Is he calling her an Inhuman? And I remember Matt saying in one of the episodes for Daredevil that he didn't want Easter eggs and you know, things to tie in everywhere. But this was done in a way where it was pretty open-ended, where it could pretty much lead to anything. I thought that was really interesting and a really a sign of good writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lastly, I love how this episode, the pacing, I loved it because it reminded me of season one Veronica Mars, which is ironic because that's the first thing I ever saw Kristen Ritter on was the second season of Veronica Mars in the Veronica Mars film, and it kind of reminded me of the supernatural pilot in a way. I really love this episode. Can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts on it. I give this episode a 5 out of 5. 
talk to you guys next week. Bye bye. Thanks, Wei. Thanks. I have, I have a, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, speaking of colored palette, I, I, I enjoyed that there was more daytime scenes in this series than in Daredevil, it seems. Mm-hmm. Also speaking, also speaking of color palette, I want it to, you know, how you, you're green with envy or like blue is the color of depression or sadness. Yeah. I want purple to be the color of being creeped out. <laughs> 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 I'm feeling really purple right now. So everything purple is is really creepy. Hawkeye's <laughs> yes. very upset with you now, Mel. He's like, well, I I was gonna wear my purple costume, but now I'm not. No, I'm, I'd be, I'd feel really creeped out, and I th- <laughs> I think that he was being creeped out as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wear my purple outfit today because I feel really creeped out. I feel, I feel creeped out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your feedback, guys. We really appreciate you sending your thoughts, and it's always cool to hear them. Um, so now it's time to score this episode. So I'm going to ask our lovely guest, Hip Happening Heidi, to go first, please. I quite enjoyed this. Um, once again, I came in knowing absolutely nothing other than Kristen Ritter and David Tennant were a part of the show, which... Who knows? Maybe not. Um, <laughs> but I uh, I was confused through a lot of it, which, you know, just not knowing anything. Um, but that didn't make it so that I didn't enjoy it. I just think that I'll probably enjoy episodes going forward more because mm-hmm. this was very much an introduction for me. So I'm going to go with an eight. Out of ten, purple purses. <laughs> cool. Uh, Matt? I liked it a lot. Um, it's hard to tell if I liked it better than Daredevil's first episode, because I can't really remember what I said about that one. Um, I feel like I liked it more. Just a little, not by a lot. Um, I'll tell you in a minute. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'll give it uh, nine out of ten purple panic attacks. Oh. I liked it more! I know uh, you were really looking forward to this one, weren't you, Matt? Yeah, because there, there aren't that many female heroes, and there's even less female heroes that I don't already know everything about them. Mm, that's true. Uh, Robin? Um, yeah, I'd say uh, I, I really like this episode. I really like Jessica Jones. I really was looking forward to this series. But overall, it's been just a complete disappointment. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a shock. I, I'd have to say I'd start with a 10, and then I, because I thought it was really well shot, and um, I thought the characters all um, dinged perfectly. And I'd say uh, also, um, I don't know, I, I, I had to really kind of think what was it that made it not so perfect? Because I really had a good time watching it. I, enjoy, I enjoyed it the first time. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it the second time. And I really look forward to watching it the third time. So, <laughs> um, and uh, watching it with my wife. And I think they made everything really clear. I think the only thing I wasn't clear about, again, was why was she watching Luke? And if it turns out that it's just she's crushing on him, you know, <laughs> I'll be kind of annoyed or you know, disappointed in that. Um, and the only other thing that I'd say I'm, I, I, I'm disappointed, quote unquote, mm-hmm. in is that we're getting into Purple Man immediately. It, it, I remember in the comic book series, you didn't know what her problem was for the longest time, or maybe it wasn't so clear. Mm-hmm. But like in the first episode, you can tell 
I mean, he even shows a flashback of her following his influence and, you know, following his every instruction. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they stretch this out over 13 episodes because I really thought we were going to get kind of case of the week stuff for a while and, you know, with little hints and then get into it. But this seems like it's like sets Purple Man up as the big bad and now she's going to go take him down, you know? Mm -hmm. So I I really hope we get some some good cases as well. So I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say 9 out of 10 uh, empty toilet po- toilet paper rolls. That's a really interesting point you bring up, Robin, actually. Oh. I, I like that you brought that up because I never really thought about that. Like, how are they going to stretch that out? Yeah, I hope we back yeah, off for, like, back off of Purple Man for a little while and just get to know what she's all about first and how she goes about her, her work for a while, and then we can get back into the, the Purple Man stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to write? Uh, sure. Well, um... I really liked it. I've been kind of thinking about it a lot, actually, over the weekend, because we watched it on Friday. And uh, on Friday, I was like, ah, it was good, 8, 8 out of 10. But then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah, I actually really did like this episode. Um, I like that she's kind of a lone wolf. She doesn't have a Disney sidekick to accompany her. (laughs) Um, She had a singing raccoon in uh, episode 9. (laughs) <laughs> I'm specifically referring to Foggy. <coughs> Foggy. <laughs> she doesn't um, have a Scooby gang. She doesn't have a Scooby gang. I like that. I like that she kind of has to rely on herself and her skills. And I mean, she does have the other people that she kind of ha- needs help from, but it's not financial help. <laughs> financial help, but whatever. I just find her interesting as a character. I thought that uh, Kristen Ritter did a really good job, uh, which was not expected, I guess, considering that we just watched Champs. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10 shoe sniffers. Ah. <laughs> um, and you also liked it more than Daredevil's first episode. Yes, I, I know, I know, you? I, I know I for that one. At the very first, like, like I was like 20 minutes in, and I was like, I already like this way more. Like, I was way more engaged. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I could understand what everybody was saying. I can't understand really, like, half of what... Uh, uh, Matt Murdock is saying half the time, like I don't, I can't hear him. Is that because he's English he now? Is that why? No, he mumbles all the time. Everybody just <laughs> he does mumble. Show I know. That's why they call him Matt Mumbles Murdock. Mumbles <laughs> Murdock. <laughs> That's uh, well, what the closed captioning is for. Yeah, exactly. well, I did have that, but I still, I was like, what? Huh? <laughs> oh, what? He said that. <laughs> Well, I should say that unlike Daredevil, when we recorded for the first episode of Daredevil, I already knew what my favourite episode was. I was like, I episode two is my favourite. Like, I love episode two. With Jessica Jones, I don't, I, I don't have an episode that like really jumped out to me as this episode. I, I absolutely adore. That's not a spoiler because um, there's loads of stuff that I, I absolutely love. But um, so it's kind of it makes it harder in in rating things in thinking that obviously I've got that 10 waiting for that you know for the episode that I love the most um but I I think this is a really strong opener I think Kristen Ritter just nails the role I think she's great um I like the fact that um Kilgrave is kind of kept in the shadows um and I know Robin you were saying you know it, we get to him straight away but I like the fact that they introduce him and like this kind of shadowy like boogeyman almost which they do also in daredevil with wilson fisk and he didn't appear until the end of episode three um i kind of like that because you you build up to these characters and then you've got enough time to do a lot of character development i think if we didn't have 
the the ten episodes with Wilson Fiskin, he he wouldn't have been such a rich character as he ended up being. Um, so I don't mind the fact that he's introduced straight away. Um, I won't say anything about the, the cases and, and things like that that you were mentioning, but I know obviously that was one of our complaints in regards to Daredevil is that we didn't see much court time, so we didn't see many like you know cases of the week, um, which is something I would have liked to have seen as well in Daredevil. Um, they uh, some of the chemistry between certain actors I don't think is at its peak yet. Not saying which ones. Um, so I won't give this a 10 out of 10, um, but there's loads of stuff here I really like. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, so I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, because I think it is a very strong opener. 9 out of 10, smiles. <laughs> overall grade of 8.8. Awesome. Which uh, is 0.1 more than our overall of the first episode of Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> Better series yeah. confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I hope, though, yeah, you're right. I really hope Daredevil prosecutes the shit out of the Punisher next season, so. Oh, uh, well, I, oh, I can't say oh, anything. Oh, just, you know, building code violations. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> I, I have heard spoilers for Daredevil parking season tickets. two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, so now it is time to thank our lovely guest, Heidi. Thank you, Heidi. For being thank our you. first yeah. guest. Yay. Woohoo! Yeah, and now, as, with awesomeness. as is our as is our custom from here on out with all of our guests, we will paint you purple. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> no. I do. Over. <laughs> Whoa! So start with your bottom. <laughs> uh, so Heidi, where can we find you on the interwebs? Oh, let's see. Um, I am currently a newbie on Down Below, a Babylon 5 podcast, and mm, search that on iTunes, because I don't actually know what the website is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It'll be in our show notes. <laughs> yeah, okay, thanks. Um, let's see, I'm also uh, on Castlecast every week. We talk about the ABC series Castle, and I'm still uh, on Investigating Mars, where we talk about uh, Veronica Mars. We're finished with the series and everything, but we just recorded about one of the books last week, so it's still going. That's, <laughs> but that's quite Jessica Jones in feel as well, and tone. Yes. You can go back and watch the show for yourselves and listen to the entire podcast. And you can see baby Jessica Jones, Kristen Ritter herself in it. <laughs> oh, yes. Awesome. I think that's all. And you can hear Heidi's emails every week on Intro to X when I read her feedback. <laughs> And many other podcasts. And many other podcasts, yes. <laughs> uh, awesome. And would our, um, my lovely co-hosts like to plug anything this week that you guys have been up to? Um, I just want to say Redemption Cast is back. If you missed uh, our Angel intro cast, Redemption Cast is back. We're starting on Season 3 again, and uh, it's going to be a blast. Awesome. Um, I'm on uh, What We Make, a Terminator podcast with Will from Feedback Fame. What do, what do you uh, make? Cookies? Uh, odds and ends, trinkets. Oh. You make crafts? Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Terminator crafts. Um, <laughs> just a thumbs up. Yeah. A cross stitch of the thumbs up. <laughs> just throw pillows with three dots on them. Yeah. It's also uh, Hooplecast, which is a Deadwood podcast. And I just started a new podcast about video games with awesome. with my friend Matt, also from Hooplecast. It's called Matt is Wrong About Games. 
because it's hosted by two cats, get it? And I get it! Nice. I'm so wrong about games. Oh, guys! I forgot to mention that I figured out who Foggy reminds me of. Ooh, hey. Matt and I were talking about, it, about this the other day. He's basically Foggy Bear from The Muppets. I mean, Foggy, Foggy Bear? Bear. <laughs> <laughs> he is Foggy Bear. Oh, he is a bit Foggy Bear. Aww. I wonder if that's why Marcy calls him Fo- Foggy Bear, because of Fuzzy. Probably. Yeah, Foggy Bear. Yeah. Aww. Aww. And now I want someone to... Now I want to make season two for him to say, Waka Waka. Always a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. He needs like two two elderly gentlemen just to heckle him whenever he's in court. Stanley pulled off at the back of court, just going, "Get off!" <laughs> I, I want somebody. I want somebody to edit the Daredevil series now and add every time he exits the scene, add the music. Na 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 da da da. Please get on that. Uh, listeners, because that would be delightful. <laughs> or just edit the scene so that every time Foggy says anything, it just cuts to Stella and Ward off just heckling him. <laughs> and Foggy looking sad. <laughs> Amazing. Aww. 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 Aww, bless. Uh, so, I should say what we're going to cover next week. So, next week's episode, guys, is episode two, and it is called AKA Crush Syndrome. What do you think that's going to be about, guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, either David Tennant's going to be is going to crush Jessica Jones into a bloody pulp. <laughs> What's he going to crush her with? So strong. Uh, I, I don't know what what kind of weapons he has, but I'm I'm just picturing a giant mallet or maybe an anvil or something. <laughs> okay. And, uh, From Acme. I, I picture him to be very Looney Tunes esque. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> or maybe. Hmm. Obviously, you're missing the big clue here, and the fact it's just obviously there's going to be someone who's going to have a super crush on Jessica Jones, and that guy turns out to be the arch enemy enemy of the Incredibles called Syndrome. Syndrome's going to show up, <laughs> and he's just going to be like just sweating her all the time, and uh, She's yeah, like ooh, gross, yeah. yeah. Jason's going to crush on Jessica Jones, <laughs> yeah. I think that since the theme of this show is purple, that uh, somebody is drinking the soda <laughs> grape crush. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was yeah, a confirmation. in it, and it gives uh, Purple Man purple powers. Is that how he yeah. gets his powers? Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's, I mean, he would have been orange if he would have drank orange crush, but it was it's purple, true. So. It's good. So it's just going to be one big giant product placement episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you got to pay the yeah, Netflix got to get money somehow. We need to come up with like something that they can plug every episode, like purple things. We'll have to come up with one thing every every okay. episode. Episode one was brought to you by eggplant. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely need to sing the purple people eater song. Yes. Or they need to sing "Start Wearing Purple" by Gogo Bordello. <laughs> or start the singing "Purple Rain." Yes. That is the better song of all three. Uh, no, no, nothing beats Gogo Bordello. <laughs> uh, right, well that's what we will be covering next week So I think our special guest Heidi should take us out With the first Excelsior of this this series Heidi, I'm handing over to you Excelsior! Yay! Bye guys, bye. <laughs> bye! Thank you for listening You can comment and send feedback to us By emailing defenderspod at gmail.com you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Defenders Podcast or on Twitter at Defenders Pod. Defenders Pod.
Defenders podcast is created under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!